0: Hi guys, and welcome back to The Witcher Chaos on the Pontar, a Let's Play podcast by Elsewhere and Beyond, run using The Witcher TRPG by R. Tausorian Games. This journey is only just beginning, so if you're listening in, then come and say hi to us on Twitter, at Elsewhere Beyond, or check out our website, elsewhereandbeyond.com, for all the latest news and updates on our projects, homebrews, and podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. Now... Let us return to Arthwin, Oda, Vargen, and Gorm in the Witcher Chaos on the Pontar.
1: I think we wanted to find this uh, Sephra and pay visit to this Madame Bertha character, if I'm not mistaken. Madame Bertha?
2: And we also okay. wanted to go to the morgue. Now, I'm usually not a fan of splitting the party, but. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Do we split the party? That <laughs> makes it work twice as much. How, how about this,
0: Kim? How many times does that work?
2: I mean, from experience. It has worked uh, quite a fair bit for investigations. Okay. For investigations, okay. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We
3: don't know if this is going to be just an investigation, uh, depending on where we go. Truth. Mm. Truth. Mm.
2: Actually, mm. I can think of a few times where it failed, especially Literally. in The Witcher. In The Witcher, <laughs> yeah. Let's it's not like, do it, <laughs> darling.
0: You've come back without any arms. Yeah. Well, we split the parts. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: Pretty much. <laughs>
0: All right then. So, what is your choice? You can split the party if you want. I'm just, I'm, I'm tomfoolering with you. You don't have to listen to me.
3: I'm a firm believer in splitting the party being a bad move. It brings bad luck.
0: So where, where do we go then?
2: Oda. I I imagine we're all standing uh, in the streets um, between all the shops and wine. You're
0: not far from the market. Exactly. This point of the day, the sun's getting real hot overhead. Uh, The wind, I'm afraid to tell you, is not howling right now. Mm. It's nothing more than a gentle breeze. And uh, you can feel the warmth on the back of your neck and it's very busy and people are gallivanting around town. (laughs) Wind's breezy. (laughs) Wind's (laughs) breezing.
2: So where do we want to go for First.
3: Do we know anything about this morgue? Do we have access to any information about it?
2: Just that it's in the academy. Right? I'm pretty sure but we you know assume, it's, I assume mean, it's in the academy, yeah.
0: You can roll a streetwise to just spend some time talking to the locals, blending in a little bit, kind of getting your motives aligned, finding out where things are. I'm quite intelligent, but not very good at streets. Don't don't, don't pick
4: Gorm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what, I'll attempt it Why not, why not oh, With a roll of 16
0: 16, very good that That's actually a really good roll Well, okay So you begin speaking to a couple of people You do learn pretty soon on That you need Gorm to be away from you When you're talking to people Mostly because he stares quite a bit And people stare back at him But after a while, you Find a few people that are willing to talk, and what kind of keywords do you use? Are you are you mentioning you know the murders? What what's your angle when you're speaking to people?
2: I, uh, well, I the hmm, good question.
0: Yes, but yes because yes. I
2: look strange. I imagine even in these these parts, I look strange. Right? You
0: have tattoos on your face, and you have a lot of I mean, beautiful and tattoos, a lot of but things, yeah, and, a lot of piercings, yeah, and, and
2: yeah, I imagine. Uh, she says she's been uh, summoned to the morgue to look into some strange happenings around town and something like that. But she wants to, needs to find her way there.
0: <laughs> no, that's that's fine. You yeah. find a rather busy dwarf who's loading up the back of a wagon with some huge barrels, uh, arms built like a, you know, machine, and he's lifting up one of these barrels on his back and he's throwing it on. He's like, yes, yes. I don't think there's a morgue here, lass. Hmm. Might be the academy you're looking for, though. You just wander up there, the front gates, you can't miss them. Big, bloody things. Mind you, not the friendliest sort. Shut themselves in and shut everything out, they do.
2: Ah, So, um, not everyone is just invited to this academy, I guess.
0: If you have the money for it. Not like you and me. And he points to your face, and then he points to himself. We're oddities in this place. And I don't know what the hell he is. And he points <laughs> over past you to Gorm, who's just scratching, scratching like his butt or something as he's looking around. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the idea, love, is tacky below profile.
2: I see. Well, thank you for your advice, Master Dorf. I always wanted to say that. <laughs>
0: He actually, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he actually likes you. And he kind of tilts his head a little bit. He says, do you like dancing at all?
2: Dancing? Well, I can't say I'm very good at it.
0: And he looks over to a couple of the lads on the corner who is a mixture of a couple more humans and dwarves and they're kind of egging him on. And he's, you see a blush <laughs> in his young cheeks, his shortened, kind of well-trimmed beard. And he looks back at you. And I don't know why I'm seeing Edward Norton as a dwarf, <laughs> but I am. Um, he looks back at you, and he, he nods and he goes, blushing, could I, uh, you know, could I interest you in dancing tonight at the Three Little Bells?
2: Um, If, hmm, if time allows it, I might take you up on that offer.
0: They call me Throttle, and he bows his head. Yeah. he looks at you.
4: Gorm just uh, Gorm just pets Vargan on the leg, like, "Look, that tried to mate with your daughter."
0: <laughs> oh. And he bows and said, "You look over Vargan." This dwarf's got his like hat off and he's bowing forward to to Oda. He seems an honest sort. It's her business
1: who she decides to dance with. <laughs> <laughs> ah. We should probably hurry along, though.
2: Mm-hmm. I might see you tonight then, Trot- uh, Throttle. It's nice to meet you. My name is Oda.
0: It's really nice to meet you. And he kind of has this big smile in his voice. You <laughs> he can hear it. Ooh, he shakes it off and runs back to the lads and he goes, I've got a date! I've got a date <laughs> My drought is over. And he's calling up to the oh, other guys oh, start oh, to- oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oda, you uh you know a little bit more now. But there is no morgue. There's just an academy. Just
2: an academy. Okay. I uh, go back to the party. It looks like we're either headed for the academy or for Madame Bertha. Right. Uh, it looks like it's not easy to get into the academy if you do want to go there. Low profile
4: is advised. What, what's a Bertha?
2: <laughs> I leave. She's one of the women that lives in this town, Gorm. What? And she's seen the doctor recently, so we must find her, maybe ask her some questions. Perhaps it would be better to go in- into the academy with a bit more knowledge on her hands, so perhaps we should talk to her first. Why, why does it
4: matter that she went to doctor?
2: Maybe she has butt pain.
4: There are ointments for that.
2: In the journal, the doctor was already, or the records rather, the doctor was already quite behaving quite strangely um, when Bertha met the doctor. Are you still following, Gorm? Uh, d- a woman. Right. Mm-hmm. So, doctor sees woman, doctor oh. already strange.
4: Woman bad. Mm.
2: Maybe women know why doctor is Acting strange?
4: Ah, woman bad, yes, yes.
2: A woman not bad. Woman might be
0: good. And you're having this conversation (laughs) as you're walking (laughs) past the many buildings and Gorm giving you his wise and studious nods (laughs) often go making random guttural noises out of his mouth and you sometimes remind yourself you are speaking to an animal. (laughs) How dare you?
2: I tune into my <laughs> druidism
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> Animal <spin>. Yeah. <laughs> well, which way do you pass round? Are you going are you going north and then west of the academy or are you going west and then north because going around the top side of the academy or under it has different kind of sights and and views. Where
3: uh, where are we now in relation to the academy?
0: You are just uh, south of it outside the inn, outside of the three little bells. And it's a few minutes' walk around both sides. The city isn't that large. Probably makes sense to go west and then north, right? So you do. You wander around the city and you see to your left, uh, which would be west, uh, you see these, these sprawling docks. Lots of ships have come to harbor. And lots of these big mechanical cranes are pulling uh, cargo on. Gnomish designs, if anyone has an eye for it. And lots of little rowboats are there. And through the gaps, you see... Just lots of sailors who are just chilling out, fanning themselves in the breeze that isn't there. Oh, that's why they're fanning themselves. Mm. Wonderful. (laughs) But you do see... Great job. (laughs) This GMing thing is so easy, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's when you see the sign swinging over a pair of doors. The sign itself has a rose on it, gold and red. The building is exquisite and luxurious, almost provocative. Reading over the threshold are the words, the rosebud.
4: Well, uh, uh, wait, wait. Uh, Gorm kind of grabs Arthwin's leg with his little clawed hands. Well, what kind of building is this?
3: The witcher looks down at Gorm and uh, gives him a pet. I'll uh, tell you when you're older.
4: <laughs> no. No, Gorm's very old.
3: I'm not entirely convinced you're old enough. Is this mating house?
2: It is, actually.
4: Gorm Gorm doesn't like those. No, no, no. Gorm, no. Uh, do you have a lot of experience with them, Gorm? Mm, yes, mm. Gorm doesn't like it at all. It's very easy to fall in love in there and then they get mad and then Bart sings sad songs and it's very bad.
0: <laughs> I have no words. But Vargin, you see, there are two. Well, mm, there are two f- kind of thuggish-looking fellows stood outside this pair of uh, neat wooden doors. They kind of got these rugged attitudes about themselves. You know, one spits out the side of his mouth. Ooh. The other one has a very thuggish shaved head. <sighs> the two of them really kind of giving off some some brute vibes.
2: Um, Arswin. Oda nods at the the guards. He's probably the most, like, you know, (laughs) scary of us.
3: I don't know. Gorm's pretty scary.
4: Gorm, uh, ever being a man of action, kind of just kind of panics a little bit. And then he, like, looks at Oda.
2: Looking for work!
0: You? No! Her?
2: No, my... Friend is just joking. Nah!
4: <laughs> Are you sure? He tries to nudge Oda with his elbow.
2: Oda looks a bit taken <laughs> aback by what the
0: guards said. They kind of wait for you to see what's going on. They don't seem to be leaving their position. They don't seem to be making much of a push. V- very popular with dwarves. Huh. I'm
2: not sure. Um. Anyway, um... Is uh, your establishment open currently?
0: It is. Yeah. All right. Why? You want work?
2: No, thought... no, no. Um, I was actually looking for Bertha.
0: Madam Bertha. Mm. Yeah, she's inside.
2: Right. Um, may I speak to her? I'm not looking for
0: work, of course. Lass. This ain't a palace. If you want to go in and mess about with the boys and girls, go in and mess about with the boys and girls. We're just here to keep the place calm. Oh,
2: right. Of course. I'm sorry, I'm not...
0: But don't loiter in the street. and Not with that thing. Hey! I'm gone! (laughs) Well, upon entering, you you will notice an upmarket and, and quite a tasteful brothel. An assortment of silk tapestries hang along the walls, and the the lounge is well-lit with a waft of incense to mask away those complicated flavours from the outside. (laughs) A bar can be found running across the back of the room, and attending it is a woman in a ruffled blue gown, sat at the bar with a poise and grace. At a glance, you would notice that her stark makeup barely hides her growing years, and that her brown hair in a neat updo is likely an expensive wig. The woman smokes, the pipe loosely hangs between her fingers, and a glass of something strong is clutched in her other hand.
4: Mm -hmm. Gorm just kind of tucks at uh, Arthwin's leg again. It's like, very careful in here. Which friend is very evil. Women use spells very bad, make your head go funny. Oh, no, not good place, no.
3: The Witcher nods at his friend and sort of half-takes in his advice.
4: Hmm, very careful. Well, they're, uh, they're not all bad, are they? Oh, yes. If they say anything to you, just, just hit
0: them. Hmm. Dating advice from Gorn. <laughs> Is that a spinoff we need to do?
4: I'll think about it. Hmm, very good. Very, I'll look out for you. you look out for me, okay? Of course.
0: The four of you fill up the room. Quite quickly, actually. Oda, on the right, you see uh, a selection of uh, mannequins that have beautiful kind of dresses on them. And uh, mm-hmm. on the left, Arthwin, you see some plush sofas that you've not sat in anything that comfortable in maybe a month. Bargain. <laughs> this is very peculiar. This isn't like they do it on Skellige. This, this is... Uh, the Skellige is... Yeah. This is decadent and disgusting. Yeah. I hate this. <laughs> De- yeah. Like, in, in Skellige, it's a hay barrel on the left... At a bar on the right, that's all you need. Do you don't <laughs> pay for it.
1: Like, you're all friends and neighbors.
3: <laughs> We're all friends and neighbors. And family
0: Friend probably. Family. You like <laughs> Cousin <maybe>. yeah. <laughs> you, you all sit at the bar and wait your turn in the hay barrel.
2: <laughs> <Wow. laughs> she
0: sits there and, you know, she lights the pipe again, the flame just glowing for her brow when she looks up, smokes, takes a deep breath. Can I help you? She says as she looks over to you. She does notice the Witcher, and her attention perks a little more, causing her to turn more on the barstool. Often seduce
1: her to give us information we need.
4: Don't oh, be very careful. That's a bad person. That's a really bad idea.
3: Uh, <laughs> but let me, let's see. Let me just have a quick
4: look here. Gorm is kind of holding on to Arthur's leg, one hand, uh, the other hand on his mace, he's just he's not necessarily uncomfortable looking but he's definitely very on guard in here
0: I will say if you have your hand on your weapon you will keep an eye from one of the guards outside, one of the lads does does lean on the doorframe just to keep an eye on you very curious Right, so the witcher would like to sort of
3: put a hand on Gorm's quote unquote shoulder uh, whatever <laughs> I can reach or find of it and just try to calm calm him calm him down a little bit just
4: don't don't worry so much da, da it's very very uh, Gorm would rather fight a thousand
0: angry bears being here oh this is bad very bad. You don't have to be in here if you don't want to be. We already have enough cause to have the clientele not approach. So if you're going to speak like that, where some potential trade can hear you, you can wait outside, she says, as she sees you really going on about the brothel. The Witcher looks down at Gorm and just
3: speaks uh, directly to him. Would you like to wait outside, Gorm? No, I'll go and protect you. Hmm. Right, well, uh, try to keep the criticism to a minimum. Mm. Just uh, keep it inside. If you can do that, maybe later we can find you some
0: bears to fight. Oh. I'm sorry. Can I ask, is there something I can do for you? I want to pretend that it's a busy day, but I'm more just tiring of this exchange. So the witcher turns to the madam and he says, "Um,
3: Actually, there might be something we can do for you. We um... Oh,
0: you've seen the poster, I take it? Precisely. Hmm. Good. Then you'll want to know it's 1,200 crowns to find the killer. Uh, The Witcher
4: sort of just perks up. Even Gorm's eyes, little beady eyes kind of perks up as much as they can. I love this house. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> like decadent is the new yeah. <laughs>
0: 1200 crowns if you do the job and we want proof of it something visceral is currently in this city and it seems that the others that have tried their hand at it have not been so successful the last people that said they could do it haven't been seen since
2: is that why the reward is so high
0: also, we're losing a lot. She gestures to the men that are standing outside the doors, and one of them just pulls over, pulling both doors too. We are currently at a great deficit. The clientele have almost run dry.
4: Uh, I mean, Gorm is looking very confused, and he's scratching his head because he doesn't know about the poster, and he just knows they're in a brothel, and they're talking about getting 1,200 crowns for some job. <laughs> So he's just kind of looking around a little bit suspiciously.
0: So far, there have been a few bodies found. Clientele and customers, I'm afraid. The Mark the Two, a sailor, a merchant, a very wealthy merchant, and the previous owner of this establishment, my partner in business, Venick.
2: Hmm.
0: Gorm is confused. What? What? She frowns a little bit at the were What are you confused about? You make people fall in love for money, and then dead people? What? There are bodies being found, and because they have connections to my establishment, people are gossiping, people are talking. And now, do you look around and see this place, full and busy of trade? No? No.
2: What is your connection?
0: My connection? Mm. To these people that have died? Mm-hmm. I receive their money, they receive services, that is it. Right. Mm. I am the madame of this brothel, after all. It is my job to ensure that the girls are looked after, that this establishment maintains itself, and that the clientele are pleased.
2: When? When was the last... Murder that
0: you know of About three days ago Was the merchant I assume Where did it happen His body was found Down at the docks Where a lot of them have been found
4: Uh, So Gorm Is uh, Obviously very uncomfortable But he's also very brave So kind of steps forward and Places his hands on his uh, Little uh, not rather large, hips, and he just kind of speaks up. That I have them. We, we need find Berry Doctor and uh, a woman from a Book.
0: Berry Doctor? Mm. Do you know of Dr. Berry mm. Why do you mention his name? A uh,
4: uh, book in Harp. We went to uh, Dr. House.
0: She turns her we... gaze towards... Anyone else there other than the wearbob. <laughs> we
2: were looking for the doctor for an ailment. It's nothing too big, but he wasn't he wasn't home.
0: She rubs her back at that moment, just you know, like a kind of a response to the mention of the doctor, and she says, I saw him perhaps two days ago at most, two to three days. He helped me with an injury I sustained. I haven't seen him since. very few have. How did he seem to you the last time you saw him? Distracted, had a slight sweat, his clothes unwashed, not like him. He's usually a rather dapper fellow. In fact, when he frequents here, uh, he always has a precise mindset. The doctor was a uh, a customer of yours. Yes. Though I must inform you now that I am not willing to speak too in hand of all my clientele, especially the elite circle. Dr. Berryhart was considered one of our highest paying clientele.
2: Ah! If I may be so bold, um, have you perhaps heard of a girl named Sephra?
0: Mm, that one. Mm, yes. Yes, we need that one. At that moment, she purses her lips. She flicks the rest of her ash from the pipe and she strokes her chin and says, well, I think you know everything you need to know to get you started. And if there's anything further I can do, you must reach out to me. Lot of chores to do.
2: Mm. Ooh, intrigue.
0: The the witcher
3: having uh, no social skills really, just almost basically interrupts her and just goes, Yes, actually, there is something more you can do for
0: us. You can answer the question. You can go ahead and make me an intimidation check. Oof! You fumble it. At that moment, as you go to say what you're saying, she's dragging a very large metal-rimmed bucket across the floor. So every time you go and speak, there's a scraping noise that covers your words. You even stop for each other for a second, and she looks at you, wondering what you're saying constantly keeps interrupting each other and the whole momentum of your of your position and your stance is lost on no
4: witcher uh, friend no Gorm Gorm knows how to deal with women like this mm. and he kind of reaches his little claw into his belt uh, pouch and pulls out like a little handful of coins say there's maybe like 20 ish and he kind of holds it out towards the madame mm, you tell us more now mm?
0: You can go ahead and make a persuasion check at a plus three.
4: Uh, I'm going to put two luck in as well.
0: Okay, so it's a five bonus. 17! Wow, that's a really good roll. She takes the coin. She looks at you carefully. Well, if you wanted to talk business, that was all you needed to say. Sephra is one of our special, special escorts. She is... Only seen by a number of clientele, Dr. Van Berry Hart was one of them, along with a few other top-tier members of society. If you would like to see her, I can arrange an appointment. Just between you and me, though, if you don't mind. It doesn't need to meet Wildram.
4: Gorm kind of looks around, unsure who to put up for this. To him, this is like the most dangerous task to meet one of these women, right? So he kind of... Gorm, Gorm will do, but very dangerous. Hmm Maybe Mr Wagen.
2: Or Arthwin.
4: Oh Arthwin, I think our lonely
2: witcher friend could use some company. I pat him on the shoulder.
4: Hmm mm, but but Father Oda's very handsome. Thank you. Classically
0: handsome features. <laughs> I must Let you know that it is 80 crowns for an evening with Sephra. She looks around hesitantly around the room as she's saying this to you, just making sure that she's got her eyes clocked on all the entrances and exits as she says it. Mm, How much for two? Suddenly, there is a loud bang from up on high. Soon follows a naked man sent over the railings from above. His body tumbles down two to three meters, with a hard smack onto the floor beside you. Heavy footsteps make their way down the staircase from the balcony to your right. A rough and wild-looking man approaches, his bushy brown hair streaked with grey, his eyes burning angry and bitter. That's why you don't sleep with that girl, you plough and stain. You're fired, and if I see you again, you're dead. The words barely leave his mouth before the lads from outside enter the establishment, dragging the struggling man off the floor and outside into the street. The gruff fellow then approaches the bar and pours himself a glass of something strong, vodka from the aroma, and you watch as he finishes it in a single glug, slamming the glass back down into the bar. Madame Bertha gives you all a sharp and avid look, a look of enough, speak no more of it, And she takes a step back, grabbing the bucket and the mop, and continues to work. Wildrum, these fine folk here have decided to take up the mission. Hopefully, the price is still as agreed. Twelve hundred crowns. Make sure this lot don't piss themselves. Absolutely. It was a pleasure speaking to you. And of course, if you would like any of our services, she looks as she nods over to the group, we can arrange that later. Mm.
2: Of course. Thank you for your time.
0: Wildrum, as he's called, leans over the bar. He snorts a few times, runs the back of his cuff under his nose. Well, get started then.
2: Turn around and leave the establishment.
0: He kind of scratches the side of his nose as you leave. You see outside on the street, that guy has been sent on his way butt naked running through the street holding some rags to his chest as he's making off into an alleyway he calls to the other boys the thuggish sorts outside and says clean up up there
3: i guess uh, the academy will have the bodies themselves probably do so we could probably have a quick uh, quick look
4: up there Are uh, the uh, the the one or two of the guard fellows are they still outside
0: yeah, they're still outside. They remain in their shift for a couple more hours, more longer.
4: Gorm just kind of turns to uh, to them and like puts up his best, which is also a slightly weird, buck toothed smile. Like, where dead people? Is that talking? Mm. Yeah, I think he's talking. Ah, yeah. Gorm pulls out uh, another couple of crowns and holds them out. Dead people.
0: Where? Where keep dead
2: people? He means the victims of the murders.
0: Hmm. The murders? I think I know where those bodies are. You want to be wandering over there on that secluded island, just west of the docks. I saw the academy lot, a couple of scholars dumping them over there. They'd know more, of course. Oh, you don't want to be around when the necrophages come in.
4: Oh, Gorm very brave, and he kind of hands them the the two crowns. And he like, Gorm likes you. You need help. You call for Gorm. Mm, Gorm help you.
0: Sod off, you little runt, before I kick you. <laughs> no, I'm like you too. And he pets him on the leg and just kind of <laughs> <heads off. laughs> He kind of shakes his leg, you know, like a knee-jerk reaction. And he walks away from it and goes, hey, touch me. Oh, Can't wait for the witch hunters to get here next.
4: <laughs> oh. <Ooh. sighs>
0: Trigger word.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Flashbacks.
0: <laughs> Absolutely triggered. And then Oda incinerates the (laughs) entire
2: Her eyes go white.
4: Everyone dies. We go into dead bodies now,
2: hmm? Sounds like a good idea to me, Gorm.
4: Sounds like our best lead
2: so far. As we walk, um, I imagine, towards where we're supposed to go, to the docks. Um, Oda puts a hand on Vargan's shoulder. Are you all right in here?
1: I will be fine. It's just the smell, the people. I don't like it. I don't
2: mm-hmm.
0: feel like I'm truly at ease. You literally say that, and you can see a sailor squatting behind a barrel, relieving himself.
4: Why? What? what what's wrong?
1: Mm.
3: It is a disgusting place. You
0: should feel lucky that he had the
3: decency to squat in a barrel and not just do it out on the street.
2: We'll return to a more homely place.
3: Where are you, like, being?
1: In the forest.
4: Mm.
1: A nice, calm meadow.
4: Maybe even a gentle patter of rain. Nah, people poop in forest too.
1: (laughs) The blessing is that in a forest, there's not as many people pooping in the
0: same tree. Mm. Deer. Deer poop too. Mm. You hear in the background one of the other sailors going... Oh Hank, don't wipe it on your arm afterwards, <laughs> you dirty plowing arse.
4: <laughs> oh, okay, maybe dear not not do that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> do we have sight of the coast at all?
0: Yeah, I mean where you where you stand right now it's a f- it's literally seconds to make a turn around the brothel and then you're on the docks. I mean, what kind of brothel would it be, my friends, if it wasn't at the docks? you know that's the first place sailors want to get off. <laughs> Oh, that means two things in one. I like that. So you can see you can see right out of you, you've got these docks, these big ships, you've got some rowboats in front of you. You see a small and secluded island to the west, probably no more than a five-minute row across the bay. And then from there, looking on uh, about maybe two or three miles out, you can see the edges of the Pontar on either side running in as the mouth starts to tighten with oxenfoot strategically placed in the middle of the mouth of the bay. Are the sides of the Pontar wooded, or is it fields? I mean, they're pretty meadowy, plains-like. There's some trees sporadically placed here and there. Why? What's on your mind?
3: I'm thinking. I'm. I'm just thinking how far Vargan is from the nearest forest.
0: Oh my goodness! You are a little while away from from a decent forest. It is very. It's very open here. But there are trees on the in the city. Not that they're healthy. <laughs> or things.
4: It's, it's okay. Warwick, we go talk to dead people now. They don't poop much.
1: Actually, when a man first dies, he releases
0: entire bowels. Oh, God I smelled this before. At mm. that moment, you see a, a dock worker approaching the, the group going, I do a lot more than that, my friends. You don't want to see when they're cutting off. It all comes out the top. <laughs> mm. Are you looking for business? Ferry would take you down the ponta if you're looking for it. Her lover let castles next stop from here. Are you looking maybe We're to go act- to... Love- he pauses as you start speaking. Parker. Uh,
1: we are here to investigate the murders. The dead people that's been found.
0: Oh, he starts clicking his fingers at you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You must be talking about our poster on the notice board, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's... Oh, I mean, I one of the sailors was one of them, actually. Like a really bad way. We, you know that they're on the island over there, right? Keeping away from the necrophages. Ah. Oh. You you, you mean to say they deposit all the corpses on a small island? Yeah. Yeah, after the academy lot, oh, is it one of them scholars... Told us to take them over. Uh, they they'd done all their looks. They had all their looks. They didn't find anything they noticed. I uh, uh, you t- you take us there. You have boat. Mm. Oh, I'm a busy man. Yeah, I can take you over, but it's gonna cost you. You make me an offer.
4: Ah, uh, Gorham just takes another handful out, I guess, at around 20 coins again-ish, and he like holds it out in his little clawed hands.
0: Slight GM question right now, where is this money coming from? Well, the, have you had pouches of coin <laughs> on yes, you? Yes,
4: and I have been reducing them, don't worry.
0: <laughs> No, I'm just thinking if I should notice this for the old urchins and street pickers, you know, the the, the pickpockets. Gorm has his... How much do you have on you? I'm going to ask now. How much?
4: 255 now that I've... Oh my (laughs) gosh, you have
0: around you four to five full packages. I'm going to have to make a note of that. Four to five massive... And I will state this, at this point, guys... You do notice that the bub, behind his cloak and his kind of full winter clothing, you do notice he's keeping way too much coin on him. <laughs> so you hand over the coin, and the man gestures over to one of his rowboats. All right, I'm quite busy. I haven't really got the time to be taking you, so uh, you take that one. I'll call her Jenny. No, oh, Gorm likes Jenny. Right. You've been very helpful. Thank you. You find your way over to the boat. This little rowboat. It's enough to get four of you in. And the fisherman or the sailorman kind of directs you to it. Tells you to get it back before the sun goes down. He doesn't want that thing kind of, you know, drifting off somewhere out in the bay. And you get on in. Who Who is going to do the rowing? I want to know. Uh, this is... Gorm. <laughs> With no <his little> arms. <laughs> <laughs> the witcher
3: steps into the boat, assuming that he's going to be the one doing the rowing. But Gorm just immediately...
0: Uh, overtakes Gorm you have a slight issue though when you sit on the bench that allows you to access both oars your hands are too stretched up high above you to reach the oars because you're quite small so you're going to need to sit on someone's lap in order to have a bit of a perch up to do it or you could let someone else row Uh,
4: as when i need lap now okay
0: I
3: think it makes perfect sense because if Arthwin is already sitting there, assuming he's mm. going to be the one
0: rowing, <laughs> yeah. and Gorm just Arthwin, I need lap, and just <laughs> yeah. he sits on his lap and he grabs the oars and uh, yeah, he's even got an armchair now. <laughs> oh, this, this this is very comfortable. Mm, yes, very nice. Mm. And you get good leverage there, Arthur. you every time he pulls back on the oars, you feel yourself straining to push forward <laughs> because he's still a little guy. He's strong. And It's a
4: warm day, so there's kind of a, a slight tinge of wet fur. <laughs> <A> wet fur. <laughs> Extra sensitive nose picks that up. Mm. Mm. This this is very this is very comfortable, Arthur. We always do this, okay?
3: Always. Mm, yeah. Every. Every boat, every
0: time Mm. we...
4: Also just in chair, okay?
0: (laughs) Also in chairs. (laughs) In chairs. This is how we sit now, the two of us. We're bound at the hip. Pavarga and Oda, you sit facing them and just keep an eye on the the way you're heading. So you navigate away around the boats and you guys do start working your way across the short bay. It's now getting into about the afternoon. uh, Middle of the afternoon. Gorm... You expend 15 points of your stamina wow. to row them across the bay. So reduce your stamina by 15 as the party starts to see this kind of uh, island getting closer and closer. Oda, you see it, uh, along with Vargen first, this very sporadically kind of littered island. It's uh, It's got a simple hut on one side, a few gnarly dying trees in the middle, uh, Attacked by the salt and the acrylic nature of the ocean, the rocks up high, the the very area you would alight and land all kind of abrasive and foul. You keep getting closer and closer.
4: Do you want help? No, no, i fine. Mm. Uh, uh the Witcher clutches his
3: medallion, which you may notice has begun to vibrate, and he looks around trying to catch any sight or, or evidence of any creatures that may be wandering the shore.
0: Okay, make me an awareness check. You just critically succeeded in a roll of 30. I'm gonna let you have everything now. It starts with the bubbling. You're likely no further than a metre from the water's edge as Gorm rows the boat to shore and you can hear the scuffing as the boat meets the sand beneath it, soon coming to a stop. Vargin, you instinctively stand. You're ready to get out and push the boat up and out of the water. Arthurin, before he does, you see this uh, shadow moving in the shallows to your left and right. What then follows is this acrid stench of death on the air. A foul pong of rot and decay. And after that, the sound of gurgling, chattering and ominous slithering all around you beneath the sand and inside the murky waters.
3: Uh, right. Uh, Is this... is this Drowner's I'm sensing? Like, I'll make an assumption. Vargen, are you making a move to get out of the boat? Yeah, probably.
1: He has no reason to suspect otherwise at the moment. So he's probably looks like he's about to like just
3: bound off. So the Witcher uh, instinctively draws his silver sword and blocks Vargan's path. Wait. You put your hand out. Let's see. I think the best course of action here is to prepare by turning around, uh, gesturing towards
0: the bubbling. Look, drowners bursting out. Of the soft soil, pulling themselves out of the shallowed waters, you see these creatures. First, their backs coming up out of the out of the soil and the sand, and then followed by the extension of their legs. Oda, I need you to roll me a courage check. As to just to your right, you see one of these heads snap up with these toothy maws as it spits and screams in your direction.
2: Nineteen.
0: Everyone else, apart from the Witcher, can now go ahead and make me courage checks. Very good. Everyone's pretty good. Vargan, you feel a little bit like a little... Uh oh. You're not enough to be shaken, but you're definitely hesitant. You haven't seen a creature in a while. As these creatures burst out, these drowners pull themselves out of the soil, and we are going to go into combat. So, without further ado, At the top of the round, Arthwin, perching over the boat, your silver sword drawn. You're now noticing as four drowners are closing in on the vessel. What are you going to do? Let's see.
3: I would like to pop an Igni on the first one.
0: Be aware that uh, you are on a wooden vessel. You know, things can happen, and this is your only boat over here, so.
3: Well, I am... I'm going to make an executive decision that that is a risk that I'm willing to take <laughs> and uh, go ahead there. and give you a,
0: a basic roll. Of course you may. Well, that is absolutely 22. Well, the creature to your left, because you're you're aiming, you're aiming to the one closest to you, I imagine. Or is it the one on the right of you or the left of you? It is the one on the left. On the left of you? The one that is... So Gorm yeah. is... So, so just the pictures for the people listening. Gorm is sat at the oar seat just to the left of you. You're crouched above him. You move your left fingers over with your sword in your right hand and you perform the sign of Igni to the Drowner that's scrambling for the left-hand side, the port side of the rowboat. All right. Well, you are obviously up on ground now with this boat. You've pulled yourselves in. So you've cast the the flame spew at your fingertips. How much stamina are you pouring into your sign? Uh, Max, please. please.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Wonderful. 14 points of damage, and it is on fire. The flames spew from your fingertips, engulfing the Drowner, and it is on fire. It is burning, and it takes a lot of damage. The thing is screaming. Okay, so you have an extra action. Is there anything more you would do? Uh, For my extra action, I'm going to rush over off the
3: right side of the boat uh, Mm -hmm. towards the Drowner on that side and uh, give him a whack with the sword. It'll be fast.
0: 19 and 16, great rolls. All right, these creatures are very instinctual. They're gonna attempt to dodge away from your strikes. The Drowner defends itself from your first attack by rolling a 21 against your 19, and on its second defense, scores a critical success of 28. You slice forward in this repetition of strikes, and both times the Drowner swoops and lurches, and your sword finds no purchase against the enemy. Okay, with your action, extra action and movement used, the next person in the initiative is Vagen. What are you going to do? All right, Oda,
1: get behind offwin I'm then going to, like with heavy steps, creak and sway the boat as I step to one side. I'm going to jump off with the sickle in hand, and as I land down next to Arfwin, there will be lots of uh, yellowish energies coming from his left hand as he makes the sign of Quen
0: with his uh, available hand. Go ahead and make a spellcasting check for me. How much figure are you using? I'm going to spend five. Then you have to tell me how much health that is, because I'm really better. So it's five per point. So that's 25. So you get a 25-point shield. Wow. This shimmering energy now protects you, and you will be able to shrug off quite a fair bit of damage going forward. Now, you still have an extra action left.
1: I, I do. I'm going to do a... Against my better judgment, a strong strike. Okay, with the sickle? Uh, With the sickle against... Uh, the guy that's in front of Arf when that did all the god
0: dodges. He is outnumbered, so we'll see how he gets on. This this is an extra action? Wait, extra actions have penalties, don't they? They do have penalties.
1: May I change it into quick strikes instead?
0: You may definitely (laughs) change it into a quick strike, and you are very smart to do so. They're good rolls. That They're good rolls. You go ahead and roll a 16, and your second attack is a 15. The creature is going to dodge minus one, might I add, because it is outnumbered. A 15 is not enough to defend the first one. It would have been without the outnumbered bonus. And the second one, it definitely, uh, definitely. succeeds on with a 17. However, you do strike. Mm, can you go ahead and roll the target location again? Because it doesn't have a wing or a tail. Oh, okay. Uh. It's right limb. Okay, you heft your sickle down and cut into its right leg, uh, slicing flesh and fat. Well, what little the Drowner probably has. And you make a lasting mark on the monster. Oda, you've just watched as your father leapt into action, sickle in hand. You and Gorm are still aboard the rowboat, so I've got to ask, what are you going to do
2: Oda's eyes widen, she looks quickly left and right and suddenly her father's advice doesn't seem so bad. So she grabs her staff and uh, she's going to hop over the seats of the boat to Arthwin's other side. I think I can get there, because diagonal counts, right? Like you can go diagonal. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So fun. like, Yeah, easily, yeah. easily. You get there.
2: And with my staff, I'm going to try and heroically twack it. <laughs>
0: going to whack it across that. Well, I think it's taking some minuses now because it's truly surrounded. You rush over the boat. You leap off. Uh, I say leap, everyone listening. It is like a one-foot oh, yeah. jump. I mean, if anyone fell <laughs> on this, it would be terrible. She leaps <laughs> off. She swerves around Wind, She grabs her staff and she's holding it a little bit more like oh, a yeah. club. Oh, yeah. Staff right now. And I want you to go ahead and make me an attack. Now, are you making a strong strike? Are you making some fast strikes?
2: I'll do strong strike.
0: Ten. <laughs> Ten. Hey, hey, something. hey, hey! You're not a combatant. Yeah. You're, a, you're, you know, it has a minus two to its defenses. It is going to try and dodge you right now. Uh, Twelve. I'm Darn so it. sorry. It's not enough. As you swoop and Arthurine, you watch as your new comrade goes into club and she just puts a little bit too much back oh. into it and nearly wobbles <laughs> straight into the drowner. You instinctively grab her and just push her back. Just like a foot before she headbutts the drowner instead. Oda, you still have an extra action. Would you like to use it? I mean,
2: can I is it like possible to go in again or does that give me a super bad of course penalty? You can. penalty? Let's try it. Uh does normal attacking also use stamina? Or
0: No, standard attacks don't use stamina. Uh only extra actions, like these fast strikes you're you're doing now.
2: Ten and twelve. <laughs> They're
0: good. 10 and 12, not bad. Again, the Drowner is... By the way, the Drowner is looking tired now. Yes, Drowners and other enemies also have to adhere to stamina rules. Uh, this poor Drowner is just getting more and more like fatigued as it's fighting for itself. And it's going to go ahead and roll two more defenses. Ooh! Fumbled. I just fumbled really yes. badly. I, I rolled a three and I fumbled by seven on the first one. And the second defense... I roll a 15. I'm afraid that the first one fumbles pretty badly, though. I think it's enough to be on the table. Go ahead and roll me the damage and look at torso. Very nice. It is going to make a stun save and it is going to roll a. It is stunned. (sighs) You've managed to whack the drowner in the torso so hard that you've stunned it. Mark off the 10 damage there as well. And the drowner. I'm going to roll this d6 to find out which critical wound it suffers. Oh, okay, as a reduced healing rate.
2: Okay. I don't know if that will play
0: much into its future, as I can't say if it really has much for future at all, but, you know, there we go, perhaps we'll <laughs> see. Well, if it wins, we'll just play him. <laughs> we'll just play him. Well, just note that, that that Drowner is now stunned, and it will be a full round action for it to break out. Oda, you strike hard with the first one, clunking into the torso. The creature looks dazed for a second but you're so into that swing that when you went to make the second one, you do actually slip over on your knee and often at this time, it hurts a bit, but he just grabs you by the back of the neck and just lifts you back (laughs) up again uh, as you're slipping around in the soft sand. It is the Drowner's turn now. I'm gonna go ahead and work from right to left. Uh, I'm going to roll a stun save for that Drowner to see if it can break out of its dizzied haze. It does not, it's still very much stunned. The second drowner, however, is going to launch itself at Vargen. All right, Vargen, how would you like to defend a fumble of nine? <laughs> okay, so I rolled a nine. I fumbled by four. It's not enough to be on a fumble table. I will say you still have to try and defend a nine. I'm yeah, sure you'll yeah, we'll right, find uh, a way.
1: Uh, he'll hear it in the waters, slightly off to his right, he sees it running towards it. So he's going to very defensively, like uh, like step backwards with the sickle in front of him, and like in a sweeping motion. So more or less, he's just trying to slightly distract it as he himself positions
0: himself further back with a reposition. 21 is more than enough. You sidestep to safety and the Drowner lurches forward with teeth and claws bared, missing you entirely. Gorm, you have a little bit of, of, of danger to contend with. You haven't seen this creature attack you yet. You haven't actually seen this creature rise because you're looking forward. So this is in your blind spot. It is going to attack you with a roll of 15. Mm. Gorm
4: kind of just hears something behind him. He's not sure what it is, but it's probably bad. So uh, he's going to attempt a little Jack Sparrow and just kind of hop forward, dodge and escape out of the way and try and land on kind of the side of the boat.
0: Oof, another 21. You guys are nothing, if not consistent. Either way, Gorm, you hear the Drowner approaching from behind and you swerve out of the way. And you turn to face the Burning One, whose turn it is, by the way. You now, and we now get to the, the one on the left, the one that originally Arthur had blasted with Flame of Igni. It burns at the start of the round. And the beautiful thing about the Burning Condition for you guys right now, when it's not affecting you, is that it deals five points of damage to every single location. And then modifiers are installed. So three times that damage on the head, uh, half the damage on the arms, so forth and so on. And these creatures are also vulnerable to fire. The creature screams, hissing, fat, and flesh pops in your face, Gorm, as it writhes and screams, trying to reach out for one of your little paw-like arms as it falls to the ground.
2: Dead. Mm. <laughs> Gorm's so dangerous, they just
0: explode. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Gorm, it is your turn.
4: It is Gorm's turn. Well, seeing um, this Drowner explode just by looking at Gorm's might, he's like, this is going to go well. So he just kind of turns back to the one in the boat. Use my movement to take a step forward. It's a little clunky. I mean, he's a chubby little werewolf, Uh he...
0: You are currently a small fellow inside a boat with various slats of wood. If you make your attack from there, I will impose that it's at a minus one. That's fine. I still have luck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. And Do you have your weapon out? F- fuck you don't. No, you don't. So, uh, Gorn pulls out
4: his uh, mace and his uh, buckler, yeah.
0: So, that's your first action. You still have an extra action. You have moved, so you still have an extra action.
4: I'm just going to go for the double strike.
0: Oh, oh, wow. 23 and a crit of 24. Those are some amazing rolls. Shall we see how the Drowner does? It's not going to take a penalty because it's bigger than you. <laughs> Whoa. So. Okay. Not in Gorm's mind. <laughs> well, the Drowner fails its defense with a meager 15. And that's a difference of eight, and that's enough to land a wound. Then let's see. Oh, the second defense will be a critical 41. <laughs> oh my God. I just rolled, I just <laughs> rolled a 41. The drowner just rolled a natural ten, a natural ten, and then a natural nine with the exploding dice. So that one doesn't hit. It's got. Get him in ahead. head. Get him in a head. Um, That's the only chance. <laughs> but actually, actually, what's quite interesting there, I've kind of become rusty over the years. That second one might not even happen if it's stunned. Mm. So the first time it got hit, it was wounded. I'll make a stun save, and if it fails the stun save, that second one's an automatic hit because it's a, a DC. I do
4: location and damage.
0: It is stunned, so the forty-one never happens. Okay. Sick. <laughs> So you can go ahead and... You you had two critical wounds. Yeah, yeah that's two 14 over. in a row. Goddamn. So you 14 over. You did a serious wound. So you roll a torso on the first one. Should I
4: just roll both locations?
0: Yeah, roll, to- roll both target locations. Thank you. And a right limb on the second. Can you now roll me damage twice, please? That's 23, 23. Very consistent today. <laughs> well, I have some good news for you. You can now go ahead and explain to us how, even without being a witcher, you kill a drowner in the boat. Gorn's uh,
4: a man of war. He may not be the smartest man, but, you know, battle is his uh, profession. So uh, pulling out his uh, buckler and his mace, he just kind of yells out his little war cry of, Aah! and he starts to just madly swing this uh, this little blunted mace at the, the creature's... Uh, torso. At the stomach he can just kind of punches away, and then also, like, swings at his arm, and as it falls down, Gorm just kind of hops over it and just starts to smash down on it,
0: just to make sure it's that double tapping. Just pulp, just pulp going everywhere. Yeah, 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 more yeah. than double tapping, we're about eight or nine taps mm, at this point, point. Exactly. anything short of taps, they're, they're colossal smashes. So, the so all they
4: can see on the other side of the boat is just Gorm, like, yelling and hammering
0: into the boat, just, like, gore spilling up all around
2: him. <laughs> <laughs> love it.
0: I love it. It's terrifying, really. Yes! Well, that was only round one, yes. Only th- it's a reason why I didn't tell Gorb to hide. <laughs> well, now that three seconds have passed, should we find out what happens in the second round? Arthwin the Grizzly, at the top of the round, you are there. What is going on? So,
3: uh, Arthwin is uh, looking around at his two companions, uh, moderately impressed with their performance, I would like to ask you a quick question.
0: The igni is a T, no? It is a T shape. That is the best way to do it, and that would hit both of them. Correct. And that is absolutely the most. Absolutely. To make. Mm-hmm. I just know these two players. I like don't fumble. We're right next to you. don't fumble. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's water right there, guys. Let's. <laughs> watch, watch
4: the boat, guys. Watch the boat. Oh God, we have to sail home in this boat. It's all gory now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So go ahead and roll me the spell check, and I will. The first one's a DC Ooh. 10, so you well and truly get the first one because it can't defend itself. And the second one will try and make a defense, all right? Right. The second one succeeds with a 27 as it swoops low into the water, the splash of the waves, the crest of the salty water protecting its back as the heat just bursts over the top of it. The first one, however, was not so fortunate. Could you go ahead and roll me damage on the Igni? I can absolutely do that. How much stamina did you pump into it? I'm gonna it? put another three in it. Okay. Six. You're not gonna believe this, but it's enough to actually destroy this thing. It would already taken a significant amount of damage already. And uh, considering that's doubled, the watch as the creature's eyes just go white as they're burnt, the flesh ripped off around the mouth. You see as Offwind scolds away enough to see the ribs underneath. The organs bleed, hemorrhage, and the creature flops back, forward, backwards into the sand. You see the last drowner looks like it's turning to dive back into the water. It's not sticking around. It wants to eat and live another day. But it's not its turn, so it doesn't get to decide. I will ask you, though, Arthwin, is there anything else you would like to do? You have movement and an extraction. I would
3: like to stop this drowner from escaping.
0: Okay. Well, you could move over, yeah? And giving it a couple...
3: Quick strikes to the back.
0: 19 and a 22. The Drowner is no longer outnumbered because, uh, well, it never was, was it? It's the other one that was outnumbered. But it's going to try and defend itself first against the 19 by rolling a 14, which is not enough. And then secondly, it's going to roll a... another 14, which is also not enough, then you can go ahead, then, please, and roll. Did you roll locations for those, or are they random? I did random. Ooh, oh, no. the head! What a location to end on. I can tell you right now, it will not matter what damage you roll on your sword. That Drowner is assured to die. So go ahead, then, and lead us out. Arthwin the Grizzly, tell us how you bring this battle to a close.
3: Right, so Arthwin sees this drowner turn on its heel and try to escape and uh, instinctively he rushes over past the charred corpse of the other one and brings his sword firstly straight through the chest of the beast and then uh, rips it up through his body, uh, splitting his head in two.
0: These two pieces separate out, just beginning to tear down the throat. And the creature lops sideways into the back of the rowboat, flopping in with the rest of what Gorm had. <laughs> just creating a puddle of guts and foul necrophage mess. Adding to the Gorm and, soup. And, and and combat comes to an end. Gorm kind of stands in
4: the boat with this little smile, his two big front teeth showing, and just this happy beady eyes looking over the others like, Ah! Ah! Awesome.
3: (laughs) Uh, Arthwin uh, looks back at Gorman, uh, gives him a nod with his uh, quickened breath. Awesome indeed.
2: Oda shows much less of this enthusiasm (laughs) and just kind of. Still uh, shaking. Yeah, shaking a bit with the staff in hand, but, you know, slowly.
3: Adrenaline. You might notice that uh, last time. Arthwin wasn't super fond of seeing all those people die, but necrophages can die
0: all day long. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't get paid for it. But that's actually a point. Now, one of the things you know here, Witcher, is that sometimes you can collect small trophies off of these creatures—things that can be used, crafting materials—and uh, you know, one of the one of the things you've learned along the path, and obviously ingrained upon you uh, in your training, is that. Never let a good substance go to waste. So did you want to roll a, wi- a wilderness survival check to salvage some materials? Yeah.
3: I'll
4: go ahead and do that. To be fair, there's, there's not a lot left on the one corn. Um,
0: there are some things to roll for, but write these down. You find two Drowner Brains. Uh. And you find two Drowner Tongues. And you find five Essence of Water. After you've looting and stripping what you can from the drowners, filling your alchemy vials and boxes with their remains, you start to take in the sights and smells of this small and secluded island off the west side of Oxenfurt. It's a miserable place. Further up the sand from the beach, one can spot a ruined old wooden hut standing alone. Debris and refuse all around you. And ahead, a stinking pile of bodies, gnawed on, rotting, decaying and maimed. And on that note, we are going to end our episode here today. So join us next time for our latest adventure in The Witcher, Chaos on the Pontar, to find out what happens next. Until then, bye-bye.